Johnson. And this game is underway with a bang. This is where the lacrosse area gathers to talk Wisconsin sports. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Join in by phone or text at 796-2558. Now, here's Grant Bills. Well, I don't know about you. I'm certainly glad uh, that the trade deadline is over. I'm, I'm very glad. I'm relieved. We can take a, a breath of relief. The MLB trade deadline has passed two hours ago. 3 p.m. Central Time was the cutoff. And, of course, you always have those deals that are announced just a couple of minutes after. Uh, but since 3 o'clock, 3.15, it's been pretty quiet. A pretty mellow trade deadline today right up until the end. Some big names got dealt right before 3 o'clock, but... For the Brewers, pretty mellow trade deadline. For most teams, uh, a pretty mellow trade deadline. And, and for me, and this is me being selfish, I- I'm just glad that we don't have to ask again and again and again and keep banging our heads on the wall asking, should the Brewers be buyers or sellers? That, that Of all of the topics, of all of the shows that I've done here on WK2I so far in 2019, I, I, I hate that one by far and away the most. Should they be buyers or sellers? How many times can you ask? Thank God it's done. This is the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. My name is Grant Bills. Thanks for hanging out. I, I want to hear from you today. I do. And, and, and I'll, I'll be the first to apologize. I, I feel like I haven't done a good job welcoming you in and making you a part of the conversation the last couple of days just because I've had so much to say. Everybody has a different opinion on this trade deadline. I, I, I think a lot of people that I've seen on Twitter have not liked it. Uh, some people that I talked to this afternoon or friends that I was texting with, some think the Brewers' moves make sense. It's kind of a mixed bag, so I'd love to hear from you today. I'm going to make you part of the conversation coming up here in a couple of minutes. The, the deadline was fairly mellow for the Brewers today, and when I say mellow, they well, they didn't get Zach Greinke, they didn't get Madison Baumgartner, they didn't get uh, a, a huge frontline starter, which is always the big prize, uh, the big pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, right, uh, around the trade deadline is those... Big frontline starters, those aces. The Brewers didn't get a player like that. But in David Stern's fashion, they added a couple of arms. Saying, well, we're not going to get Madison Bumgarner, we're not going to get Zach Greinke, but we're going to get a couple of pitchers, and hopefully those three or four arms combined will add up to uh, the impact and the difference-making that Zach Greinke or Madison Bumgarner would have provided. That's David Stern's MO, right? And, and, and this whole trade deadline kind of, proved me right about David Stearns, what I've thought all along, and that is he just doesn't care that much about pitching. He doesn't prioritize pitching. Yeah, he'll bring in a starter in free agency a la Wade Miley or Yulish Shasin at the right price, at the right number, but he is yet to really say, okay, I'm willing to overpay just a little bit because this is a player that I want. David Stearns has yet to say, oh, okay, Man, that's a steep price, but he's a difference maker, and, and screw my analytics team. I just have a gut feeling about this. Let's go get it. David Stearns doesn't do that. He did that with Christian Yelich, Yasmani Grandal, Mike Moustakis, but he's yet to do that with a pitcher. He devalues the pitching position. And David Stearns almost in the last two or three years, I think, is trying to showcase how you can win baseball games without putting a ton of money down without spending a lot of prospects on that big name frontline pitcher or pitchers, right? David Stearns is trying to show that, man, I, I can do this without a Madison Bumgarner. I can do this without a Clayton Kershaw. Man, if I can just, just get Yulisha Seen and, and Wade Miley and damn it, Jimmy Nelson's going to come back and Brandon Woodruff's only going to be hurt for so long. And you know what? I, You know what? Gio Gonzalez, bring him in. No. 
at some point, you're going to have to commit, and you're going to have to really prioritize pitching. He has yet to do that, and another trade trade deadline goes by. No dice. No frontline starting pitcher. And I guess I got to give David Stearns a little bit of credit. He got a couple of arms, and let's be real, the Brewers need arms. But, but these moves, to me, don't feel like moves made in, in the spirit of gearing up for a title run. These were moves made out of necessity. Pomeranz, Ray Black from the Giants. The Brewers had to give up Mauricio Dubon for those guys. Mauricio Dubon is one of the best prospects, the number three prospect in the Brewers system. And yeah, he was probably blocked because you have Arcia, you have Terang in the minors, you have Keston here up here. The Brewers have options in the middle infield, but you, you thought maybe you could get a better haul, but Dubon at one point could be a package for a big frontline starter or a big slugging first baseman. No, it's, it's for a life raft. Pomeranz and Ray Black. We need these guys. The Brewers need these pitchers because the Brewers just need bodies. They're not trying to compete. They're just trying to stay afloat. And then, of course, they move Jesus Aguilar as well for a pitcher as well, who I'd never heard of from the Tampa Bay Rays. We'll talk more about Jesus Aguilar coming up. Right now, I want to focus on Pomeranz, and I want to focus on Ray Black. Now, Pomeranz might be a name you're familiar with. I'd never heard of Ray Black. I've been trying to do a little bit of reading. I don't want to get caught up uh, in any of these players too much. I I don't even think Ray Black's going to start in the majors. I think he's going to start in the minors. So Pomeranz is the name to focus on. Essentially, Mauricio Dubon for Pomeranz and for Ray Black. When it was announced that the Brewers were in talks with the Giants and that Mauricio Dubon was involved in the deal, I said, holy cow, they might just get Madison Bumgarner. They might just get Will Smith. Who? What? They gave up Dubon for Pomerantz and Ray Black? Those aren't frontline pitchers. Those aren't moves made in the spirit of trying to win a pennant. Those are moves just trying to fill out Tuesday's rotation. And you gave up one of your best assets to do it? And I don't know how I feel about that. And, and I've seen that reaction from a lot of Brewers fans as well. And then you, you go ahead and trade Jesus Aguilar, which I'm okay with. And I'll tell you why coming up in about 10 minutes. I'm okay with trading Jesus Aguilar for Jake Faria, Faria, Faria. I, I don't know. Nobody. I've listened to three different shows this afternoon from all over the state. Nobody knows how to say this guy's name. And I'll admit that I'm, I, I don't know either. A pitcher from uh, from Tampa Bay who has been a starter and then has been moved to the pen. He's been up and down from the majors and the minors. That's your answer? No, that guy's a life raft. David Stearns is saying here, here's a guy who can pitch on Tuesday. Not a guy who can start a game in a playoff series or in September when you're trying to make a playoff series. These, these pitchers are life rafts. They're moves made out of necessity. And I saw a couple members of, of the Brewers media and in uh, Brewers reporters uh, tweeting about this today. Look, the, the Brewers have a type. David Stearns has a type, right? Especially with his pitchers. He liked pitchers uh, with club control, obviously. You'd always prefer a player with club control. I'm not going to fault the Brewers for that. You like that player to have options, right? Be able to go up and down to the minors freely. Flexibility. Well, we want you to be able to pitch in the bullpen and, and as a starter. And we want you to have some flexibility going up and down, majors, minors, right? As we said. How about we say screw it to all that and just focus on pitchers who are good. It feels like all the players that have been acquired by David Stearns have to meet this checklist, right? They traded away Domingo Santana because he didn't have options. Didn't have that flexibility to go up and down majors, minors, right? What are we seeing with Freddie Peralta and Corbin Burns? Those are players who who David Stearns says, well, they can pitch in the bullpen. They can start. We, We want that flexibility, that fluidity with their role on the team. How about you say screw all that? And just go get a guy who's good, a guy who's proven, a guy who's won games. Forget about all that other stuff. 
analytics is great, and it's a great foundation to build a baseball team on. But at some point, David Stearns is going to have to say, I got a gut feeling. There's our guy. Let's spend whatever it takes to get him. And he hasn't done that yet. This Brewers starting rotation needs a yacht. It needs a speedboat. And today, David Stearns threw him a, a couple of life rafts just to get through the week, to get through the month until some players get back from injury. And I, I don't feel so great about that. Forget about club control. Forget about options. Forget about flexibility and fluidity. Just get pitchers who are good. Just get pitchers who are good. I believe it was two weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, a uh, recurring guest on the show, Bart Winkler, uh, from the fan down in Milwaukee, who, who's obviously tied up with the Brewers. They have a pregame and a postgame show every day. They have their reporters and their hosts in the dugout every day and in the locker room every day, getting audio, talking to players, talking to coaches. There is on the inside as you can possibly be. And a couple of weeks ago, uh, Bart said this on the show. I've seen him tweet it as well. The, the, the Brewers are hoping to win. The Cubs, they're trying to win. Today, they made another big move. They go out and get Castellanos. Nick Castellanos from the Tigers. Get a really good player. They made it work. They found a way. Don't have a great minor league system, but they made it work because they're trying to win. They're putting an active effort forward. The Brewers are hoping to win. Meaning, well, you know, when Brandon Woodruff comes back, we could get hot. Maybe Jimmy Nelson will come back. We'll see. We hope, we hope, we hope. In August, maybe we'll get hot. And look, I understand the sentiment of hoping that a team can get hot at the right time. But getting hot at the right time isn't going to win you a playoff series or a World Series unless that hot team is built with good pitchers and good bats. Not a team that's full of of players who are flexible in their role and that have minor and major league options. No. The Cubs today made a huge move. The Astros went and got Zach Greinke. Hell, even the Reds traded for Trevor Bauer. Those teams are actively trying to win. The Brewers right now are hoping to win. And I've seen Bart Winkler tweet about that, talk about it. He said it on the show a couple weeks ago, and I think it's super true, and it was proven today. The Cubs said, man, I know it's not going our way. This doesn't feel like our season, but by hook or by crook, we are getting back to the World Series. Let's go get Castellanos. Let's make a trade for him. I know our prospects aren't great. I know we have a huge payroll, but we just got to keep chugging along. And and I respect Theo Epstein for doing that. They also traded Carl Edwards to the Padres, got a reliever and, and, and some capital in return. They're wheeling a deal, and they're making moves because they're trying to win. The Brewers right now are saying, well, okay, here's a couple of pitchers who we can buy time with but aren't big pieces, aren't aces, aren't lockdown relievers. They're just pitchers to get us through the week, and hopefully we'll get hot at the right time. Hopefully Brandon Woodruff will come back, and hopefully Jimmy Nelson will return at some point, and hopefully Corbin Burns, hopefully this, hopefully that. It's, It's just starting to wear me out. I see all these other teams trying to win. And to me, it comes across as though the Brewers are hoping to win. And there's a big difference. And that difference became very clear uh, in and around today's trade deadline. I want to talk lots of Brewers. I don't need to talk about the 10-inning debacle last night in Oakland. That does nothing for me. And I'll be the first to admit it. I didn't stay up. I stayed up to watch the end of the ninth inning. And when it went to extras, I said, that's it. I'm off the hook. Good night. I don't care what happens at this point. I'll watch the recap tomorrow. I'll read about it. We got the trade deadline anyway, which is going to take precedent. I'll admit, I didn't stay up. Not a lot of radio hosts will admit that. They'll say, oh, 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 yeah, late night last night, man. Late late night, tough staying up to watch the crew. And, And of course, they didn't stay up. They slept through it, and then they woke up and read a recap like everybody else. I'll admit, I stayed up through nine innings, and when that the end of regulation and, and came about and extra innings started, I said, there, I'm off the hook. I'm not staying up any later. 
I'll read about it tomorrow. So Josh Hader giving up the home run last night. The Brewers lose the first game in Oakland and don't really get off to a great start to the week. They start again tonight around 9 o'clock on WKTY. I really want to focus today not on the game, but on the trade deadline. I want to talk Hazy Sagular up next. I really want to hear from you about this trade deadline as well, coming up at around 5.30. And get your opinion, because I think today's trade deadline was really polarizing. Some people are saying in Stearns we trust. He's got a plan. He knows what he's doing. And others are saying... How many years has it been? And you still haven't gotten that starting pitcher. You still haven't gotten that pitching help that's actually going to win games in the playoffs. Very polarizing. So I want to invite you in. We'll also talk Aaron Rodgers near the end of the show as well. A lot of good stuff today. The Wisco Sports Show will continue. uh, Presented by Played Against Sports after a short break. You're listening to WKTY. The Wisco Sports Show rolls on here on WKTY. It's trade deadline day. We're talking about the couple of moves the Brewers made, uh, whether we're happy, whether we're frustrated, and, and where the outlook is now for the Brewers, right? Because in years past, remember, there were a couple different trade deadline days, right? You had your big trade deadline, but you also had players you could claim off waivers, and, and there were later opportunities to improve your team, right? This year, not so much. This is it. It's, it's the point of no return. The Brewers team right now is going to be the Brewers team uh, come the end of the year, uh, unless they shuttle players back and forth from the majors and the minors. This is it. This is the Brewers organization for the rest of 2019. My name is Grant Bills. Thanks for hanging out. Whether you're frustrated or whether you're happy about the Brewers' moves at the trade deadline today, I want to hear from you coming up in about 10 minutes. 608-796-2558 is the five-star telecom talking text line. Shoot me a text or give me a call if you have a minute and we can talk uh, trade deadline because I know a lot of Brewers fans uh, feel very strongly one way or the other. I kind of want to take the temperature today. feel like I haven't done a good enough job of, of inviting people into the show the last couple of days. I've had my opinions. I've been selfish, right? It's just been me talking. I'd love to hear from you. 608-796-2558. Before that, I want to talk Jesus Sagular. The Brewers shipped him out today to Tampa Bay uh, for a reliever whose name I can't even say. Jake Faria? 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 I don't know. And I've listened to a couple other shows. I did this trick where, because I'm out at 5 o'clock, so I have the advantage of tuning into some other shows, whether it's a national show or shows around the state of Wisconsin to hear how other people say names, right? When when a player gets picked off waivers or a new coach is hired, right? I, I kind of have the advantage of, of listening in and, and seeing what people are saying and how they're saying names. I still don't know. I heard it said a bunch of different ways. They got a, a reliever who was a starter, moved to the pen, has been okay in the pen, and has been back and forth between the majors and the minors. So essentially, a perfect fit for the Brewers. Can't figure out if he's a starter or a reliever or if he should be in the majors or the minors. So, bam, there you go. Perfect fit. Jesus Aguilar uh, for Jake Faria. Faria? Faria from Tampa Bay. We'll just call him Jake. Jesus Aguilar shipped out earlier today, and, and I tweeted about it. I didn't really care. I look, Jesus Aguilar, I didn't really feel upset. I didn't really feel sad. Obviously, I'm going to miss him. Uh, he was a very entertaining brewer last year and gave you some great moments. But there was not really a, a single part of me that was like, oh, damn, what are they going to do without Aguilar? What are they going to do? Not because I don't like Aguilar. It's an anti-Brewers thing. It's not an anti-Aguilar thing. Let me explain. So last week, we were looking at the Brewers lineup for the upcoming night. I believe it was either the start of the Cubs series or the end of the Red series from last week, right? 
And Aguilar wasn't in the lineup. Travis Shaw was at first base, and I believe Eric Thames was in right field. And at that point, I I, I kind of just washed my hands of this. I said, what are the Brewers doing? The Brewers spent half a season with Aguilar being a sinkhole in the lineup. A, a guaranteed 0 for 3, 0 for 4 every night. Why? Because they're trying to get him going. The Brewers are trying to get Aguilar going, right? They want to get his bat hot because they need him to be a big part of the team down the stretch. They need his bat, right? So they they wasted how many at-bats on Jesus Aguilar, unproductive at-bats, just trying to get him going. And then, by the All-Star break, he actually did start to get going, right? He actually started to swing the bat, right? Since June 1st, Jesus Aguilar's been batting 274, and since July 1st, he's been batting 298. You're seeing fewer strikeouts. You're seeing the ball put in play. Good uh, good short strokes. Uh, defensive swings with two strikes. A lot of the characteristics that we saw from Aguilar last year that made him so successful. Started seeing that version of, of Jesus again. My beef with the Brewers was, last week, you spent all this time getting him going. You wasted all these at-bats getting Jesus Aguilar going. And now he's not getting playing time. He's not getting starts at first base. What was it for? What were the Brewers working toward by running him out there for the first half of the year, if not to give him some sort of expanded role at first base? Kind of felt like a waste. Like, how many at-bats were wasted? How many potential offensive opportunities were squandered in an effort to get Jesus Aguilar's bat going? So many. A lot of runners left on base. A lot of empty at-bats. And Jesus Aguilar finally gets going. He's hitting 274 since June, 298 since July, and he's not getting starts. Travis Shaw's starting at first base, and you're playing Eric Thames in right field. You're making an effort to get every player on the field except for Jesus Aguilar, and the Brewers showed so much commitment to Jesus Aguilar, and yet they didn't give him any sort of expanded playing time once his bat got going. And I'm basically just asking, what are we doing? What's the goal? What was the end goal? And today I tweeted... Uh, uh, earlier this afternoon when I saw that Jesus Aguilar had been traded, I I said, well, who's going to replace his two starts and two pinch hit at-bats a week? His role was tiny, and that tweet could probably be taken as anti-Jesus Aguilar. It's not. It's anti-Brewers because they had a plan with Jesus Aguilar. We're going to get him going. We're going to get him going. And then when he gets going, he doesn't see any more playing time. So what was the point? By the way, you can follow me at Grant or go check out my tweets. Maybe if you're not sold yet, just go check check out my account, at Keystroker Grant. Uh, I'd love a follow. I'd love to stay connected outside of the show as well. I didn't understand what the Brewers were doing with Jesus Aguilar. I love Zeus, love Aggie. I don't really understand what the Brewers' plan was all along. Now, if the plan was, we're going to get him hot just to trade him, okay, I guess I, I guess I can understand that. But once he started hitting the ball... Don't you want to get him into the lineup more to showcase more what he can do? Unless, of course, the Brewers were scared that once he had an opportunity in an expanded role, his numbers would fall once again. And if your goal was to trade Jesus Aguilar at the deadline, wouldn't you expect to haul a little bit better than a relief pitcher, major minor league pitcher that nobody's heard of before? Nobody knows how to say his name? Jesus Aguilar was an all-star for the Brewers last year. He was a machine. He was an MVP candidate through the first half of the year. Now, yes, he cooled off. But I've argued that his value, even if he's not hot, is good because he's a hitter who puts the ball in play. He's very good with two strikes. He doesn't strike out a lot. 
he has value even if he's not hitting at the blazing red-hot clip we saw uh, for the first half of his season last year. You wasted all those at-bats. You wasted all those offensive opportunities to get him going only to not, not expand his playing time, not expand his role, and then trade him away for somebody nobody's heard of. Am I the only one who's upset about this? Because I feel like the entire first half of the year, Craig Council banged his head into the wall saying, we're going to get Zeus going, we're going to get Zeus going, we're going to get him going, he will heat up, he will get better. And then he finally did a little bit. And then all of a sudden, well, I don't know, maybe we like Travis Shaw at first base. Maybe I like Eric Thames in right field. Oh, and by the way, let's trade Jesus Aguilar. What? If the plan was to trade him all along, you should have done it months ago. If the plan was to trade him all along, you should have put his can on the bench in in lieu of a player who can actually hit. Because the Brewers left a lot of wins on the table. They left a lot of opportunities on the table, not only with Jesus Aguilar, but with Travis Shaw. And the message was all along, we got to get him going. They're important. We value them. Well, Jesus Aguilar has been traded, and Keston here is not going anywhere. So think of all those wasted at-bats. Think of all those wasted opportunities. And the Brewers... As of today, July 31st, August obviously starts tomorrow, and that's when it really starts to feel real. The Brewers are four games over 500 and two games back in the division. Feels like they might have left a little bit of meat on the bone for through the first half in an effort to get Jesus Aguilar going, in an effort to get Travis Shaw going. Well, Travis Shaw's been replaced, and Jesus Aguilar is gone. So congratulations, Milwaukee Brewers. You played yourself. Thanks for wasting our time in the first half of the season. I don't care if Faria Faria works out as a relief pitcher or not. The whole logic through the first half of the season was flawed. You told us one thing only to turn around and, and go in a completely different direction. When you don't have a plan, things tend to go south. And I don't think the Brewers had a plan. Well, maybe they had a plan, but they certainly didn't stick to it. Jesus Aguilar finally starts to get going. Well, maybe we'll play Eric Thames. Well, maybe we'll play Travis Shaw. Oh, maybe we'll trade him. Well, great. I'm glad we raced Uh, April, May, June, a good chunk of July. That's three-plus months of wasted at-bats, wasted opportunities, only to trade them away. Oh, that bugs me. That really bugs me. That bugs me more than trading away Mauricio Dubon for another couple of players that are life rafts for this team. That bothers me. Does it bother you? 608-796-2558, the five-star telecom talking text line. I want to get your thoughts on the trade deadline. Are you angry? Are you happy? you somewhere in the middle. It's been a very polarizing topic today, and I'm only judging by Twitter. I'd love to hear your voice. Love to hear your words. Shoot me a call. Shoot me a text. Let's talk trade deadline next. The Wisco Sports Show, back in a moment. This is the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY 96.7 FM. 580 AM. My name is Grant Bills. Happy trade deadline day. A couple big players getting moved at the at the very finish line. The Cubs got Castellanos from the Tigers. Reds got Trevor Bauer last night. That wasn't at the buzzer. And then, of course, Zach Greinke getting moved uh, to the Astros as well. Man, that's going to be a rotation. Of course, but Wade Miley's going to be the ace, right? Verlander, Garrett Cole, and uh, and now Zach Greinke can all pitch behind Wade Miley, right? That's how that's going to work. <laughs> Trade deadline, I'm just glad it's done. The Brewers made a couple of small moves today. And to me, the analogy I'm going to keep using, this Brewers team, this Brewers starting rotation needs a speedboat. I think they have a couple of decent pieces. They just need a piece or two, a great pitcher or two to bring it all together. 
I think they need a speedboat. I think they need a yacht. What David Stearns provided the team, what he traded for, are just a couple of life rafts. Just to get through the week, just to fill out the rotation until some players come back from injury. That's all. Nothing more, nothing less. These aren't trade deadline acquisitions. I believe that David Stearns would have made a move like this even if the trade deadline wasn't today. Because he had to. They were moves of necessity. They were not moves made in the spirit of, let's go win a World Series. Let's let's go chase this division down. No, th- these were moves where David Stearns is thinking, oh, damn it, all my pitchers are hurt. Who's going to start on Friday? That's the type of moves uh, that were made today by the Brewers at the trade deadline. And, and look, that might not be your opinion. You might think a lot more of what David Stearns had to do. I, I know a lot of people follow that in Stearns we trust way of thinking. I- I'm not ever permanently for or against a general manager. I, I try to take it on a case-by-case basis. With most things, I've agreed with David Stearns. The pitching, not so much. Because to me, and I said this at the beginning of the show, it it, it seems like David Stearns is trying to prove that you can win a division, you can win playoff series, and you can compete for a World Series without ever attaining a frontline pitcher. Well, I can do it without pitching. We can do pitching by committee. We can do out-getters, right? And last year that worked because the Brewers' bullpen was incredible. This year it's average. They got one great reliever, which I guess is more than some teams can say. But it's average. And the Brewers need that front line starting pitching. And David Stearns has not provided it. I want to hear your thoughts. 608-796-2558. The five-star telecom talking text line. Shoot me a text. Or if you have time, give me a call. Let's have a discussion. Uh, Twitter's always open as well. At Keystroker Grant. That's my account. You can find us all at WKTY. This has been polarizing. Just looking at Twitter and and, and talking to some of my friends. In fact, uh, I was talking to Ryan Giannone, who was on the show last week. He uh, he's a, a sports reporter at uh, News Eight, or the CBS affiliate in town, and, and a big Chicago sports fan. So he tends to try to cover the Bears games. All right, and let's let's check out the Cubs. Huge Cubs fan, and, and we talk a lot about the Brewers and the Cubs. I ask him questions about the Brewers all the time because I think there's a lot of value in asking a fan of another team, especially one in the division. What do you think about what the Brewers did as an as an outsider, right? Because I think just naturally, without even realizing it, Wisconsin sports fans probably try to be happy about whatever move is made, right? For example, when Malcolm Brogdon was let go, the reaction was, well, he's injury prone. Well, he's expensive. Well, they got Wesley Matthews. So maybe it makes sense. The Bucks are better with Malcolm Brogdon, but we tried to spin it. We tried to make ourselves think that, oh, okay, this move was a great move. We try to to make things positive. We try to put a good spin on it because these are our teams. I like to ask friends who are fans of the Vikings, fans of the Bears, what did you think about this move, this draft pick, this decision, this play? And sometimes you can get a different perspective. I was talking to Ryan earlier today, and he said, uh, man, I almost feel bad. And it wasn't in a condescending way. It's hard for this to not come across condescending. But he said, man, I'm, I'm feeling for Brewers fans right now. It just seems like they can't get that guy. They can't get that player they need. It's just, they're just treading water, right? They're never going to get out of the pool. They're just treading water. They're never going to be able to to finally get that pitcher, get that big bat, get that guy they need to take it to the next level. They're just going to tread water. Here's another reliever. All right, well, I can tread water a little longer. Here's another borderline starter. All right, all right, I can keep treading. Here's a minor league guy we might be able to do something with. Okay, I'm good. I, I can keep going. But you're never going anywhere. You're just treading water. You're sitting there. And he said, it just feels like the Brewers, they can't get that guy. Meanwhile, the Cubs have gotten that guy. They've gotten Quintana. They've gotten Darvish, who 
pitched pretty well last night. I know the Cubs didn't win, but I watched a good chunk of, uh, we were downtown last night at Bennett's, and we watched a lot of that Cardinals-Cubs game. I'm like, man, you Darvish ain't looking too bad. Of course, he's had more bad than good, but say what say what you want about the Cubs. They're trying to win. They're actively trying to go out and get you Darvish and Quintana. Today they got Castellanos from the car or from the from the Tigers. They're trying to win. Meanwhile, I think David Stearns is, is sitting back and hoping that something will happen, hoping that Jimmy Nelson will come back and, and be a, a, a contributor. Hoping that Brandon Woodruff comes back sooner rather than later and immediately performs at the level that he once was. David Stearns is being pretty reactive. He's not being proactive. Right? If he was being proactive, we never would have gotten to this point. We never would have gotten to the point where the Brewers only have two healthy starting pitchers. And let's let's be real. Corbin Burns and, and Yulisha Seen are both on the injured list. They've been trash. They've been horrible this year. So even if they are healthy, is that are we really talking about a different situation? I don't think so. I'm trying to wrap my mind around the expectations for the Brewers going forward. What's next, right? Because this year is the the first year, at least in my lifetime, I don't know how it used to be 20, 30 years ago, but in the past couple of years, baseball's had their trade deadline, and then they've had their waiver deadline, and they've had other ways of improving the roster later into the season. This is it. This is a cutoff point. This is done. Teams are the teams. The 40-man roster is the 40-man roster, right? The Brewers are not going to be able to get new talent unless they bring it up from their own farm system. This is it. The point of no return. What's next? Where do the Brewers go from here? Well, to kind of set the table, the Brewers are are, are right there in the division. They're not in a bad spot. They're two games back of the Cardinals, one of the Cubs. They could be tied with the Cubs uh, because the Cubs lost last night. If the Brewers would have won, they'd be tied in second, a game back from the Cardinals with the Cubs. Instead, they sit two back, one back of the Cubs. They're right there. Division is in reach. If you look at the wild card, that, that's right there, too. I don't get nearly as excited about the wild card. There's just a, well, it's a wild card, right? It's literally a wild card. There's not a lot of guarantees. You get one game. The Cubs are leading the National League wild card, tied with the Phillies, tied with the Nationals, and then the Brewers are right there in, in second place, one game back. So they're right there. But yet, why don't I feel good about it? Why don't I feel confident that the Brewers can, can get hot? Why don't I feel confident that the, that the Brewers can start playing well? David Stearns spoke today. Tom Hodricourt, a reporter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, tweeted this. David Stearns says, in this case, at a minimum, we thought it was important to add to the overall pitching depth on our roster, given the injuries and some of the attrition we've had over the last month. So we're pleased we were able to accomplish that. Okay, that's nice. But what about taking it to the next level? Not... Well, we've had some injuries. we, we got to fill those holes, right? Think of it this way. The Brewers are a rowboat, and they got holes. They have injuries, right? So so the, the people in the rowboat, David Stearns and Craig Council, they're reaching and they're sticking a finger in each hole. Plug it up, plug it up, right? Don't let it keep filling. And instead of repairing the boat and, and trying to row forward, the Brewers are just sitting idle, and they're plugging holes as they go. Well, at some point, no, you got to go get a new boat. you got, you got to go get a starter. Somebody who will take you to the next level. Not just maintain. Ugh. Feels like they're stuck in quicksand. 608-796-2558. Chime in with your thoughts about the Brewers trade deadline. I, I think everybody's going to have a different opinion today. Todd says, love your show, but hey, at least two hours would be great. Beggars can't be choosers. Hey, Todd, you know what? That made my day. Thank you, sir. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you enjoy the show. Uh, he continues, it was supposed to be a five-year plan, though. Be ready to compete before last year. Huge surprise last year made us think they were closer than that. What does Council do 
with the winning combo they had. Screws up the pitching, moves starters to relievers, and vice versa. Stays with Burns way too long, didn't bench Arcia, didn't go after any free agents like the Cubs did with Kimbrell, Verlander in, in Houston, etc. The front office fell apart. All other leaders stocked up, uh, all the other leaders stocked up to say, well, the Brewers sat with their thumbs up there, you know what. I, and Todd, that's not a way that I've looked at it. Maybe the success last year made the Brewers feel a little bit too confident, a little bit too content, and they didn't stay hungry. They didn't stay active in their pursuit of new talent. They didn't explore other avenues to improve the team. So maybe going to the Game 7 of the NLCS last year was the worst thing for the Brewers because it stalled what their plan was. Now, winning is never bad. Making the playoffs is never bad. But maybe their success last year did affect their mindset. They might have thought, okay, we're good. We were one game away. Basically, the only move they made to improve the team was getting Yasmani Grandal because they brought Moose back. Moose was on that team. They brought him back, right? They let Wade Miley walk, but but they thought some other pitchers would bubble up. Some of those young arms would step up and take their place. They didn't. They weren't really active there. The only place they were actually active was getting Yasmani Grandal, and, and I appreciate that move. I thought that was the right move, but that's all they really did. So maybe last year's success in the playoffs made the Brewers a little bit too confident and, and, and sat there with their thumbs up there, you know what, uh, like you said, Todd, and I appreciate once again uh, your kind thoughts. That made my day. Thank you. We do got to step aside from the Brewers. There'll be plenty of time to talk about the Brewers this week. They play the Athletics tonight at 9 o'clock once again. I want to talk about the Packers. I, I, I thought we could talk about this for a half hour today, and then I thought, no, we'll do the last 15 minutes, and, and I'll kind of take a temperature. So Aaron Rodgers is back in the news now because one author uh, or, or one columnist, one scout, actually, he he's a man of many hats, Bucky Brooks, uh, wrote a column on how Aaron Rodgers is overrated. And he provides some... He provides some evidence, but a lot of it is opinion. A lot of it is 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 narrative, right? It's a very uh, narrative-based uh, column. And for a lot of people, this has been an excuse to once again start talking about Aaron Rodgers and share your opinion. So, so I'm going to present to you what was said by Bucky Brooks, and I kind of want to ask, is this something, do you, do you care about this? Is this something we got to talk about moving forward, or can we just kind of cast this aside? If you haven't read the article, if you haven't seen anything about the article or the column, I'll, I'll give you what you need to know. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'll give you what you need to know. We can have a discussion. Let's wrap up the Wisco Sports Show. Talk a little Aaron Rodgers. Coming up next, this is the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. That man, Zach Heilprin, going to join the show tomorrow. We're going to talk some Badgers football, Wisconsin, Alabama. Quarterback competition in camp as well. A lot to talk about with Zach Heilprin. Uh, uh, from the zone in Madison tomorrow. He'll join us at 5.30. Right now, I want to talk Packers. This is the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. We're focusing Badgers, Packers, Brewers. Did a lot of Brewers today. Check out the podcast at WKTYsports.com to hear what you missed. I want to talk Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has found his way back in this. This always happens. This always, always, always happens. Sports opinionists. Just wait for excuses to unload their opinions, right? That's what opinionists do. So when an article is released that is critical or is supportive of a certain player or a certain coach, opinionists and talk show hosts use it as an excuse to say, this is wrong. Here's the truth. Or he nailed it. This is true. This is Aaron Rodgers is great. Aaron Rodgers stinks, right? It's it's a reason to to bring the conversation back, to share your opinion and and. This Bucky Brooks article that was, uh, he works for NFL.com. He's an analyst. He's a scout. I've seen him on Fox. He does a lot of different things. 
this Aaron Rodgers is overrated article has sparked a lot of conversation from everybody. Everybody wants to chime in on whether or not, obviously, Aaron Rodgers is overrated. Now, if you've listened to me, uh, when I've talked to Aaron Rodgers at any point, uh, you'll know that I- I'm just about a big of Aaron Rodgers fan, believer, stand, whatever you want to say that exists. I think he's the best quarterback in the NFL right now, and I don't think it's close. I think Patrick Mahomes is, is getting there. I, I think he's one of the best of all time, and I think it's absolutely unbelievable that Dan Marino can be rated as a top five quarterback of all time with no Super Bowls, and Aaron Rodgers... Uh, by a lot of estimations, falls around 15 with a Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers is Dan Marino. He's talented. He is incredible. He just hasn't been on the best teams like maybe Troy Aikman or Terry Bradshaw or Tom Brady. So I never understood the disconnect there, and, and this can be a different conversation for a different time. The reason I bring this up is to not share my Aaron Rodgers opinion, uh, which we've talked about before, but it's to kind of take the temperature. Is this something that anybody actually even cares about in Wisconsin sports? Uh, in the landscape of Wisconsin sports. This is something we need to spend time on, because I was going to spend a half hour on this today, and I said, well, let's just, we'll spend the last 15, and if and if listeners feel that this is really important, if we get a great conversation going, maybe we'll come back to it. So the article is, Aaron Rodgers is overrated, why he's not a top five quarterback. And this is Bucky Brooks, like I said, an NFL.com analyst. If you've watched FS1, you may have seen him there. Uh, he's a scout, he's a film analyst. He does a bunch of different things. He, he has a very good skill set, uh, and is very diverse in, in in what he does. This piece is, it's a column. It's narrative. Like, like, the article begins with, I know this will create a little buzz in the Midwest, but I'm having a difficult time understanding the exhaustive veneration of the Green Bay Packers quarterback, right? This is him speaking through words. This is not a, a research paper. This is not scholarly work, right? This is his opinion. Now, he does tuck some physical evidence in there, some numbers to back it up, but it's it's not something that's not common knowledge. Like th- these aren't things that we've had that, that we've been surprised by, right? So some of the evidence he uses is is his passer rating and his completion percentage. Okay, so week seven of the two two thousand fifteen season. Previous to that, Rogers was seventy six and thirty three, sixty six percent completion rate, and a 107 passer rating. That was leading up to week seven of the 2015 season. Now that's a big point because after that week, Rodgers is just 24, 24, and one. His completion percentage is 62 and a half, and his passer rating has dropped below 196 and a half. Okay. Let's let's throw everything aside. Let's throw the injuries aside. Let's throw the Mike McCarthy stuff aside because I think that explains a lot. But there has been a decline. There's been a drop-off, right? And Bucky Brooks is arguing that this is... I'm assuming he's arguing that this is the beginning of the end for Aaron Rodgers. I don't really get the vibe that he's arguing that this is a rough stretch and he's going to bounce back. I don't get that tone from this column at all. And he's disagreeing because the NFL community, the NFL world just did a survey, and just about everybody, in, in fact, in The Athletic, Mike Sando asked 55 NFL coaches and executives to, to rank... Veteran quarterbacks in the league of five tiers. Every single one said Aaron Rodgers. Every single one. He he ended up in the number one spot. And and he's baffled by it, right? All right. You don't always go with the crowd. I can understand that. There's a line in this this article that makes me want to throw the entire thing out. And I know that's unfair. Because I I don't know how long is this. Probably eight or nine big paragraphs worth of material. And not a lot of it is is numbers. Like I said, there are some statistics. There is some evidence. But most of it is narrative. But there's one line in this that's tucked in a small paragraph that made me just say, come again? Okay, well now I'm not listening to you. 
So let me read the, the whole quarter, the, the whole paragraph. It's only about four sentences. Remember, superstar quarterbacks are expected to carry the franchise with their individual brilliance. And I don't know if we can legitimately point to Rodgers putting the squad on his back in recent years. Sure, the team has won some primetime games, but Green Bay's middling 33-31 record over the past four seasons cannot be ignored. Did you catch it? Did it jump out to you? This made me throw this whole article in the trash bin. Bucky Brooks, who works for NFL.com, scout, film analyst, he does everything. He wrote on paper, in writing, and published an article that includes the statement, I don't know if we can legitimately point to Rodgers putting the squad on his back in recent years. No! <laughs> now look, if, if, if this is about details, correct me. But I would say 2016, 2017, I'd say that season is in recent years. The run the table year. That was the best stretch of quarterback play I've ever seen in my entire life. Aaron Rodgers was a superhero that year. Into the playoffs. What he did against the Cowboys with Jared Cook was unbelievable. What he did down the stretch that year, the throws he made, the plays he made, I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen anybody play at that level. And to say in an NFL.com column, this isn't some blog, this isn't Dairyland Express or Green and Gold Daily. This is Bucky freaking Brooks. And he said, and I don't know if we can legitimately point to Rodgers putting the squad on his back in recent years. Now, I know this is radio, and I know you can't see, but I'm going to grab the mouse in my hand right now and click the little X on that tab because the rest of that article can go right in the friggin' trash. That's just terrible. That's terrible. He might. He's right about, well, he doesn't like to take the checkdowns. He throws down the field too much. He holds onto the ball too much. Yeah, he's right. Yeah, sure. But he's not overrated. And to say that he hasn't put the team on his back in recent years is is a word that I can't say on the air because I'll get fined and and or fired. And that would be a shame because we only have about thirty seconds left in the show. That's that's unbelievable that he hasn't put the squad on his back. Why don't you just go back and watch some film from two thousand sixteen? I don't think I'm blindly defending Rodgers here, am I? I don't think I'm, I'm being overly fan fan wild. No, that's just wrong, and it's and it's and it's very wrong. We'll talk about more of that tomorrow. Zach Kyoprin will join the show to talk Badgers quarterback competition, Alabama, Wisconsin. Lot to talk with him tomorrow. The follow to the Brewers trade deadline as well. Tomorrow, same time, same place. Talk to you then.